And welcome to Taxing Matters, your one-stop audio shop for all things tax, brought to you by RPC. My name is Alice Kim, and I will be your guide as we explore the sometimes hostile and ever-changing landscape that is the world of tax law and tax disputes. Taxing Matters brings you a fortnightly roadmap to guide you and your business through this labyrinth. In case any of you miss any crucial information or just want some bedtime reading, There is a full transcript of this and indeed every episode of Taxing Matters on our website at www.rpc.co.uk forward slash taxing matters. In both a world of increasing digitisation and globalisation, together with the remote working that the pandemic has forced on all of us, now more than ever, taxpayers are wondering, but just how are HMRC going to find out about... Joining us today to explain just how HMRC might find out is Jay Sain Rajka. Jay is a partner in international tax at Price Bailey, and with a wealth of tax experience, I asked him to tell me a little bit more about himself. What Jay told me is that he has been married for 40 years this year to his wonderful wife, with whom he has absolutely nothing in common except for a love of ornithology. Specifically, travelling the world and looking at exotic bird life, which has taken him to the four corners of the globe. Jay, welcome to Taxing Matters. Thank you so much. Yes, it's a wonderful hobby and takes you from the Amazon forest to places in the Far East like India and Malaysia. Yeah, wonderful. Borneo is a place to visit if you have an interest. Sounds incredible. Turning to a slightly different topic, historically HMRC's investigations were limited to slip-ups on the paperwork, disgruntled employees and scorned spouses. Is that still the case? Uh, No, it isn't. Definitely not. 90% of inquiries nowadays from HMRC are based on information that comes out of a computer and very little is in relation to what a Grumble employee would provide. So it's changed a lot. There's a whole team, approximately 3,000 people that HMRC employ to run this computer software, which is called Connect. How long has Connect been around? Connect started, developed, interestingly, by British Aerospace Systems in 2010. So it's been been around 11 years now and is used now extensively to start an inquiry. What about the development process? How did HMRC decide that this was a thing that they wanted to do? I think the impetus comes from burgeoning workforce, which was getting ever larger sitting and collecting information in their offices and collecting information from random different parts, including the web. Someone had the bright idea that if they could computerize that, have a data gathering information which comes from many, many different sources and put it on your tax file, when an inspector looks at the information available, it makes it so much easier for them to say this doesn't type less of an inquiry. So what was the cost of this system and what has been the return on it? Well, the revenue are a little bit reluctant to talk about the Connect system. They try and keep it fairly confidential. And some information came out on the House of Commons select committees where the Connect system was mentioned. But the cost of it, which different people have given different figures, one I've seen from HMRC is that it cost $100 million to date, which is probably to the last HMRC report, which was in July 2020, approximately $3 billion of money was raised out of inquiries that came out of the Connect system. So not a bad rate of return then? Excellent result for them, yeah. 
terms of what the Connect system actually does, what does it do? The first part is it collects information from a variety of sources, and some of them are well-known ones that people will have heard of, but some of them may come as a surprise. So information on property comes from the land registry. Of course, your tax return provides information. They have access to your bank account. They have access to credit card statements that they can look at, credit and debit card accounts, PayPal. Computer looks at eBay for people who are involved in buying and selling on eBay. Basically, the big area where quite a lot of the inquiries are coming at the moment are overseas sources of information following change in the double tax treaties where there's now automatic exchange of information. They get information on a tax resident of this country from all the countries which have signed up to the agreement, which is over 100 countries. And they try and marry that to what has been disclosed on the tax return. And I should say there are about 20 other sources or records they make use of. Are there any surprising ones that people wouldn't think of? The one that did surprise me is flight data. So they know when you are coming in and out of the country. And a lot of people think, how is the revenue going to know which days I've been in the UK and which days I haven't, which for tax residence purposes is a crucial piece of information. Where previously they used to say, can you provide all your flight ticket stubs? But now they automatically have that information. They don't always admit to it, but it's one of the surprising ones. Social media is another area where if you happen to show pictures of spending on your fantastic car that you bought or your house and they think, well, that doesn't quite stack up with what income is declared on the return or capital gains, then that will trigger potential inquiry in terms of saying, how do you match your income and expenses? You've mentioned earlier that there are some people involved in this process. Where are the people involved and what do they do? Well, the people are HMRC people. They analyze the information that has been put together. They have software tools which are analytical, which looks at a number of years. So, for example, if you've been filing returns every year, inconsistency in what it shows. They look at your information on your assets and your spending. And if there's a mismatch on that, it's analyzed by a large number of HMRC people employed to do that. The next step, which certainly is something that the revenue are looking at developing is artificial intelligence to take out these 3,000 people who have to sit and analyze it and get a computer to work out human thinking, effectively doing a detective job in terms of saying, looks like there's something wrong in here. That's a very topical situation, and many of our listeners will be aware of the failures of the post office's horizon system, which gave way to many prosecutions of innocent individuals, many ruined lives, much anguish, including some with tragic consequences. What would HMRC consider looking at in terms of safeguards to ensure that if they do move to an artificial intelligence system, that won't happen to connect? Of course, there will be safeguards. The government, if they do talk about a connect system, as I mentioned, they don't disclose very much about it anyway. It's difficult to find out information about the connect system, unlike the Horizon system, which was a post office system used by some postmasters and postmistresses. And you're absolutely right, just under 750 cases that they prosecuted quite recently in the Court of Appeal, it was found that the system was throwing up errors because of bugs in the software. There's a fault in the system, and you can't discount that in terms of the Connect system. We ourselves have seen information coming out, which doesn't make sense because the revenue 
don't normally tell you what information they have. They will just write what are called nudge letters. And the nudge letters say, we don't think you've declared some overseas income or gain. Can you please check your return and tell us whether you missed anything out? And that's the gist of the letters. They write it a little bit more technically. But one client case, we responded and said, we've spoken to the client, we've checked our own records on the tax affairs of the client and we are not able to pinpoint what you think has been missed out. HMRC then sent us a letter saying this is the information that the Swiss authorities have given us. It's in Swiss francs and there might be some exchange difference on conversion to sterling but they don't match the information on the tax return and we've said ask a proper question not something that a computer has spewed out in terms of information and you can't understand it and you're just sending it to us saying what is this information <laughs> it's an example of where the system can go wrong put rubbish into a computer spew rubbish out and that's the risk area that you've got as a taxpayer in terms of getting an inquiry because the cost of an inquiry unless you've got a professional fees insurance which we do recommend to all our clients it can cost tens of thousands if inquiry starts in terms of tax advisors fees the fees that are almost the highest are on a tax inquiry because you've got to spend hours and hours trolling through information and just expensive professional time to deal with an inquiry. So a client can suffer quite badly. One of the pieces of information that I found out is that the majority of inquiries are in relation to small businesses. And small businesses are the least able to afford an inquiry where the revenue asks them questions and Potentially, their records might not be complete and they can ill afford to engage a specialist to run through the detail of their records. It's an expensive job for them. They would suffer quite badly as a result. But HMRC have often seen the small business as a target because it's easier compared to a multinational who has a whole team of international tax specialists to defend the position. What advice can you give to businesses or indeed individuals, either in the situation where they're confronted with a piece of information and they just can't make any sense of what it's talking about, or they're confronted by an HMRC nudge letter? First and foremost is to get in touch with your advisor, ask them what is this about, because they have a better understanding of revenue inquiries and how to deal with them to try and get them involved right from the start. Really, what we as tax advisors to clients is that we are standing in between you and HMRC. We'll deal with whatever the revenue throw at us and try and produce a result which is good for you so that you don't need to get involved. Because for a client, it's a big worry. If you mention the word inquiry from HMRC, they will jump through your skin. It's a scary thing. While for a tax advisor where we deal with these sort of things on a daily basis, they get it wrong, they can deal with it. But for a client, it's a very worrying situation. And we've seen Clients where they do panic and they get upset about it, it takes a bit of time for them to understand that's not necessarily a criminal investigation. It could turn into a criminal investigation if there's fraud involved, but normally it is settled by agreement and it's not something that you need to get too upset about. for those people who are still thinking, ah, HMRC will never know. What advice would you give to them? I 
get that sort of response from so many people. Even just yesterday, I had a Zoom call with a potential client. They are in property development, very common area for us in terms of our client work. And the property development is going to make a large profit for them over the next few years. The corporation tax rate is going to 25% from 19%. So it's a huge jump. And they got in touch saying, what do you suggest? And I said, no, it's not very easy to save corporation tax in a company where the profits have risen. And there's no magic wand to wave that will wipe the profit out. And to my surprise, the potential client said, I've heard that you can put an offshore structure in place that will reduce our tax liability. I'm thinking, what sort of offshore structure? This person is UK resident, UK domicile, and you're playing with fire if you try and do something as racy as put an offshore structure in place. But yes, you still hear these sort of stories on a golf course or in the pub. And of course, there are people who run offshore companies who are UK resident domicile, have been running it for the last 10, 20 years. The revenue doesn't manage to pick all of them up, but it doesn't mean it's successful. It just means you haven't been caught yet. <laughs> and how does this information system feed into Please Explain orders? The case that sticks in mind is where a businessman at Manchester Airport was traveling to, to go to Dubai. In his lunchbox, they found gold bars to the value of £750,000. They were confiscated and, in fact, they went up for auction afterwards. But when they looked into it, it was very much a case of tax evasion. And this is a quicker form for HMRC to collect the money rather than go through the criminal courts and people say, look, I don't have money anymore. You know, it's all disappeared out of the bank account. In terms of the level of information that the revenue can put together and piece your financial story on a person, the amount of information they have is massive. I think very few government agencies have that level of information that HMRC have access to. If it's used intelligently, which is what the Connect system is put out to be, then it's possible for revenue to pinpoint things. And I expect in the majority of cases, it'd be quite accurate as to what they put together. It's those exceptions which are the problems in terms of having an inquiry when one is not required. The question of using information intelligently, I wanted to mention a case that came up in court and the judge reprimanded HMRC over the issue of fine issued to a homeless man for filing his tax return late and they fined him £1,600. And when he came up in court, the judge was pretty negative about HMRC saying, where's your intelligence network here that this man is homeless and you're attacking a case like that. You should have better things to do. I agree completely. <laughs> the Revenue Every Year issue a report, which is called the Tax Gap, that works on the basis that from other sources of income of the country, they work out how much the tax collected should be, and then look at the actual takings and say there's a shortfall. Last year was around 4.7%, or in money terms, it was about £31 billion. It's this tax gap that the revenue are looking at, at saying, how can we reduce it? And they're quite successfully reduced it. It's gone down from about 7% a couple of years ago. 
now down to 4.7% in the last report. And then they've analyzed the behaviors giving rise to this gap. And Lorfic, about 15% is careless tax returns, not completed properly. About 15% is tax evasion, people deliberately trying to avoid tax. The hidden economy where people deal in cash businesses that give rise to the tax. So potential for reducing the tax gap is massive. And that would increase the amount of income the government has. And I suppose using the Connect system is one of the tools that will be much more extensively used because using computers to try and deal with a problem is so much more efficient than using human power. Particularly, I'd imagine, with the pressure on the government following the amounts they've had to pay out during the coronavirus pandemic. Absolutely. That pandemic is another area that will be closely looked at by HMRC and the Connect computer is absolutely one of the sources of information that they can check on what people have been doing. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for in this week's episode. Thank you very much to Jay Sang Rajka for sharing his insights on HMRC's information systems, Connect. You can contact Jay through Price Bailey's website and while you're there, check out their blogs. If you have any questions for me or for Jay, or any topics you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please do email us on taxingmatters at rpc.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. As ever, a big thank you goes to Josh McDonald, who does all of the work pulling each episode together. Our music is from musical genius Andrew Waterson, who also produces each episode. And of course, a big thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. If you like Taxing Matters, why not try RPC's other podcast offering, Insurance Covered, which looks at the inner workings of the insurance industry, hosted by the brilliant Peter Mansfield, and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and our website. If you like this episode, please do take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. And remember to tell a colleague about us. Thank you all for listening, and talk to you again in two weeks. Thank you.